0: Coming up on today's show, we previewed the two biggest games of the Big Ten season to date yesterday. Now that they're done, we'll go over everything we saw between Purdue, Illinois, Michigan State, and Wisconsin right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey there, welcome to Locked On Big Ten, I'm your host Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. As always, we got you covered with everything that you need to know from around the day in the Big Ten. Coming up on today's show, the two biggest games, arguably, of the Big Ten season so far took place on the same date, number one against number two in the conference, and two more ranked teams going at it too. We'll go over all of it here on our program. Let's start by going over all of the scores from the Big Ten yesterday. Of course, number 13, Illinois, traveled to Purdue to face off against the Boilermakers, the number three team in the country, and fell late in the second half, Purdue pulling away 84-68, to the final score. But for the majority of that one, it was a lot closer than that. It was a close one in, or in Michigan State between Wisconsin and the Spartans. Wisconsin ends up coming out on top on the road, final score 78 70- to 62. Again, we're going to go a lot more in-depth about those two games coming up on the program today. Uh, another game that I'm going to have to talk about at some point, I think we might have to push it to tomorrow, is Northwestern upsetting Indiana. Final score 59-51. to 51. I mean, the score tells you it was an offensive struggle on both sides. We'll, of course, talk a little bit more about, uh, I don't know if it'll be that game in particular, but more what that game means for the Hoosiers because, I mean, they're nearing in the, the top 25 right now. That's not an expected loss and also Michigan just barely barely beat Penn State 58 to 57 the final score we'll get to the consequences of that win in just a minute as well elsewhere as always as we go through February we're going to update you on everything that we're hearing from Joe Lenardi as he continues to update everybody on what the field of 68 looks like i mean Up until Selection Sunday, he is the authority on what these teams are going to be. So we, of course, always take good note of what he has to say. Uh, Again, not a whole lot of changes as far as teams going in and out in the tournament in the Big Ten this year. It's seven solidly in, seven solidly out. At least for now, Michigan State had been knocking on that door. But that's one of the changes in the newest update from Lenardi after Michigan did win, but only by one against Penn State. Instead of being on like the very, very back edge of the teams that he includes talking about in the field, uh, they're now back off the graphic entirely. So Michigan really struggling to get back into this picture. But as I've said on the show, if I think Michigan can get into at least the conversation, they got a really, really good shot of making it because people are going to want to see Michigan in that field. But anyway... Uh, in other news on the bracketology front, Purdue's still on the one line. Illinois and Wisconsin both now on the three line. Wisconsin, with the win, moves up from four to three, according to Lenardi. It also moves MSU down off of the top four seeds. So as he has it right now, Purdue a one seed, Illinois a three, and Wisconsin a three-two. Ohio State and Michigan State would be five seeds the way that Lenardi sees it. And then I mentioned again, Michigan again nowhere to be seen this time around in his eyes. It's still seven teams maxing out each of three different conferences uh, across the board. The Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12. It's going to be, I believe that, the only team that's threatening to take uh, any one of those teams over the top. It's Mississippi State's a couple of spots out of the field of 68. It's possible for them to jump in without another SEC team going out. But at least the way it looks right now, it looks like it's going to be a pretty even field across the conferences. And again, just across the country too. That's the latest update from Joe Lenardi and the latest update from the scores and stats around the Big Ten. And while we're reviewing things from yesterday, let's of course get into the biggest games of the day. We'll do that in just a minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. Oh, one more thing. I messed up yesterday. I think I was in talking about this uh, Wisconsin-Michigan State game. I think I said that Michigan State had lost to Wisconsin. Earlier in the season, that that was wrong. It was uh, Michigan State did end up beating the Badgers. I think I messed that up yesterday. So quick correction on that one. Obviously, if you're someone who was listening and already knew that, you were complaining at the time, I'm sure. Again, we'll be back in just a minute here to talk about these big games. Nate Dickinson with Locked On Big Ten. Nate, hey, we're into the second month of the new year. And a lot of you may have given up on that New Year's resolution by now. I, I know I did. But if you want to recommit, if you want to get back in, and maybe it had something to do with getting healthier in 2022, you need to head over to Built.com. Because they've got what you need to fill up without, of course, literally filling up with a bunch of calories and things like that. It's a protein bar or shake or gel thing, tablet, whatever you want, that gives you everything that you want. Uh, 15 grams of protein in these bars with less than 5 grams of sugars and carbs. 100% dark chocolate in all of them, too. They pack it all into this thing that looks like a candy bar, but it's a protein bar. And it tastes like a candy bar, too, but gives you all the nutrients. It's honestly something that you wouldn't believe if they didn't do it over at Built.com. So go ahead and check it out there. And of course, if you use the product, use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 at Built.com. Get back on that New Year's resolution or just get yourself through your workday with a protein bar from Built Bar hey welcome back into locked on big 10 nate dickinson with you here we're going to get into these games in just a second first though again the schedule coming up tonight in big 10 basketball number 16 ohio state travels to rutgers and minnesota's on the road against nebraska and the Cornhuskers. only one ncaa tournament team as things stand playing in the big 10 this evening in the buckeyes uh It's not a big day in Big Ten basketball, but yesterday was, and we got to get into everything that we saw between Purdue and Illinois and also Wisconsin and Michigan State, and let's start with the earlier of those two games, the Illini fighting up against the Boilermakers. Now, Illinois jumped out to an early lead here, and that's something I said we wanted to look at in yesterday's show when talking about the preview to this game. How is each team going to start out? Because when you're playing a top-tier team, you're going to try and pull out some of your best punches. Maybe not everything, but at least some of that stuff you want to be able to try out against the top, top competition. So where did these teams feel like their strengths were against the best of the best? Illinois was outside early. And again, part of that's just game plan. Part of that's the way that the game comes to you. But the Illini were firing on all cylinders from the perimeter. I mean, it gave them an early lead here in this one, that three-point shooting that the I had really throughout the game, but at the beginning, beginning especially, it was something that kept things afloat. While on the other end, Purdue was doing what they do so well in working through the middle. They've got playmakers on the outside. There's no doubt about that, and we'll talk more about it in a second, but it looked like Purdue was very, very content going to Zach Edey in the high posts, to somebody else inside, and having guards work around that to get open in a way that, if you've been watching Purdue, you know that this is something that the Boilermakers like to do. But they were doing it well against Illinois, just like they have against every other great team that they've played here as of late. It was, I think, Jaden Ivey at the end doing what he needed to do that really separated Purdue from Illinois in this one. And I feel like we learned more about Purdue in this game, by the way. We were trying to learn stuff from both teams. I think what you learn about Purdue is just, when you think about how they would ideally like to play the game, or at least how they best play the game in my mind, they have two really assets on offense. Not really assets, but I guess two main strategies on offense. Two ways that they want to get it done. They want to do what they have been doing in the half court, in getting it inside to Edie or Travion Williams to do whatever he wants or anything else, and then letting the playmakers make plays off the ball just as much as they're making it on. But then at the same time, Purdue has that ability to combine that half court pace with honestly just giving it to Jaden Ivy, and with what we've seen from him, letting him do what he needs to do. Because Ivy has proved himself, at least to me, as that guy. He can create the shot. He can create the shot for other people. I I noted that as well. He did a really good job early when he wasn't scoring much about passing the ball off and being a bit of a decoy to get Purdue Boilermaker player shots. And again, that's an advantage of just having the talent that Purdue does. But when you combine that half-court ability of Purdue, being able to slow it down and work a fundamental offense with the improvisation, Oh, okay, I can't say that word apparently. With the improv skills of a guy like Jaden Ivey to be able to read the floor on a transition and go in for a fast break or play the numbers or pull things out and go into that half court if he feels he needs to. The combination of that kind of structure with the other kind of playmaking that a guy like Ivy brings is really what I think makes Purdue special and what can get Purdue over the top. Because great teams in college basketball all the time have players like Jaden Ivy who can do that. Not every great team works this ball inside and in a half-court set with those kind of players in a way that Purdue and Matt Painter has. So if you have that kind of a foundation, stability, of being able to go to Edie or whoever else to get consistency, when, again, at the beginning of this game, Jaden Ivy wasn't scoring that much and Ivy is able to recognize and feed off to other players when he's not having the game flow go his way, uh, that's elite. It's elite college basketball. And Purdue has been showing time after time in this recent stretch that they have all of the pieces to do it, and they're starting to put them together. That's the end of it. Illinois is a really good basketball team, and it hung with Purdue for a while there. But at the end, it just looked like the Illini were not matched up well enough. That Purdue was just a little bit too good. And they had it put together now in a way where I think they're ready to beat anybody, or at least close to it. There's always things you can work on, but right now the the skills and abilities that Purdue have two dimensionally on offense as well as obviously what they're able to do on the other side of the ball too i think it's i don't i if it can be beat in college basketball it, or if it could be matched i should say i don't think it can be beat at least uh, on paper of course anyone's going to be able to lose any time while i learned a lot about purdue in that first game i feel like in the, Illinois, or in the Michigan State-Wisconsin game, we learned a little bit more about the Spartans. And I said this going into the game, too. I wanted to know, how does Sparty stack up against the Stars? Because while Michigan State, again, I messed it up yesterday, did beat Wisconsin that first time out, it has not had the Star power to go up against, really. It played Illinois once without Kofi Coburn, and when it played Wisconsin last time, it got the win, but... Johnny Davis did his thing. He did it again yesterday, and we'll talk more about why Wisconsin got the best of Michigan State this time around in just a second. BetOnline is the place to go for all of your online sports betting needs this year. It's BetOnline.net with a new website that the people love and all sorts of new news, podcasts, of course, ways for you to bet out there on the site too. Of course, the big game's coming up in a couple of weeks. You're going to have to get your money in on that, but baseball season's right around the corner. Basketball and hockey are still in full swing, so if you need to make sure that you're at the best place to make sure you're taking full advantage of all your smart picks, head on over to betonline.net. It's betonline.net, your place to go for all of your online sportsbook needs. Hey, welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Before we dive into things to end the show, a reminder, it's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside here on Locked On. And there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than at the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. live on Radio Row covering the big game. And you're going to want to, of course, stay tuned to everything that they've got going on. All right, let's get into uh, what's going on with this other game that was huge in the Big Ten yesterday. Michigan State and Wisconsin battling for the second time this season. Sparty won the first time out, but I posed the question yesterday on the show Can Michigan State stop the Wisconsin Stars? Because in previous games this season, Michigan State hasn't really had that test. So when I'm looking at what the Spartans are doing here, I mentioned it before we went to break. They'd played Two real games against teams that even had some of these uh, Player of the Year candidate stars that are really headlining the Big Ten right now. In an Illinois matchup, Kofi Coburn didn't even play. Michigan State lost that game. But then against Wisconsin, Michigan State wins, but does give up those 25 points to Johnny Davis. Brad Davison has 22. I've gone over this before. And they end up winning, but I'm still having that same kind of question. For a team that doesn't have the star. How are you able to contain the other team star? Because at some point, your offense can be great, but there's going to be a point where that guy starts to take over, right? Unless you have a really good defense or someone to match, you're going to go down on a night where the best of the best have a best of the best kind of night. That's just kind of the way basketball works more than any other sport. So what is it that Michigan State was able to do this time? It was a loss this time against these stars. Well, once again, Johnny Davis comes out and scores 25 points. He was really good. Two for four from three, six of seven from inside the arc for a total line of eight of 11 from the field. Wisconsin, by the way, the final score is 70 to 62. I didn't even mention that. It was close throughout. Michigan State put together a comeback in the middle of the second half that had you being like, all right, yes, this team, as always, as we knew, can play with anybody. But then things got close at the end of the game. And this is what I'm talking about Michigan State doesn't have that closer. It doesn't have that guy. The Spartans have plenty of players who, again, I've said it before, can do it. But not that guy who's like a Johnny Davis who you know is going to do it every single time. Michigan State has players who, again, can get the job done. But for Johnny Davis, he does it and this is what he does. Like we saw Michigan State players make plays in that uh, second half comeback. That stretch there where the Spartans were getting it close within three, I think where players were making really good plays for the Spartans, and you're sitting there watching the game, and you're like, man, that guy, that was a good play. But then you go on the other end, and you see Johnny Davis make his plays and do what he does, and it, it's honestly probably more just me and my opinions. But I see Johnny Davis do it, and I think, oh, that's what that guy does. Like, he didn't make a good shot. He makes good shots. When Michigan State does it, it feels like it's an individual instance, Right? But when Johnny Davis does it, you can just kind of see this is more natural for him. He's going to be able to do this in and out more easily and more consistently than anybody on that Michigan State team. That's what I'm talking about. In the time where you have to work the probabilities in this sport, winning five games in a row is not easy. You have to do it to win this tournament. And Michigan State has to get lucky at some point to be able to do it. Everyone does, but it's a lot easier to take advantage of your luck or overcome bad luck. When you have those key players who can go over and above. Again, Michigan State's good enough. I think they have the talent. But I need to know who's the guy who takes the last shot. And Matt Sheehan says it's Gabe Brown. That's my pick too, I guess. But I'm not confident in him over two or three other guys on Michigan State especially, right? I don't know. That's just where I'm at. Sparty fans may think differently. They're obviously watching this team every day. They may be like, obviously, this guy's the guy who's taking the last shot. But at least as far as I see it, from the reviewing from the conference point, this viewpoint, and trying to take a bigger picture look at it, Michigan State has no one who stacks up to any of the other big, big stars that are running the Big Ten right now. On another note, before we go, I do just want to take a moment to appreciate where we're at right now. Because with the Wisconsin win and the Illinois loss to Purdue, we're now sitting at a three-way tie in the Big Ten. Dates February 9th. We've got less than a month of regular season basketball to go. A couple of postseason tournaments to watch through the Big Ten and NCAA. And it is going to be a roller coaster. you got three teams fighting for the Big Ten regular season title. You know there's going to be at least six or seven teams fighting for that Big Ten postseason title and the automatic berth, of course, is going to be hungry for all those other teams that are on the outside looking into. It's been a while since the Big Ten's won a title as well, and that's going to be coming on our minds in March when we get to it. But at least for right now, before we get into all the chaos and you start worrying about everything your team is starting to do wrong here down the stretch, it seems, just take a moment to sit back, relax, and enjoy what we're seeing here. It's a college basketball season that's Uh, Honestly, quite honestly, just like any other, but also unlike any other at the same time. We've seen the great upsets. We've seen the challenges and things that we see, honestly, every single year. But it always is nice to be able to look at it as a Big Ten fan and be able to say, hey, this is the best product in college basketball year in and year out. And I really don't think when you look at it long term, any other conference has the kind of record that the Big Ten has put together, at least recently, in being a presence, even if it hasn't meant national championships. We'll take another uh, break. No, we done here on Locked On Big Ten. But before we go, make your second listen, now that you're done with your first listen here on Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Bets. It's your one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about gambling, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead on and check out Locked On Bets once you're done here right now on Locked On Big Ten.